Well, hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to our March 7th, 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong can't make up its mind as to the weather this week, but we're a flexible people, so we're taking it into stride. The story we have today illustrates the flexibility we have to have in Hong Kong. But first, we'd like to say a big hello and thank you to all our listeners in our home city. And also greeting to our listeners in Brasurmus in France, Centerville, Maryland in the USA, and Wilmslow in the UK. A shout out to new listeners in Turkey and Israel too. We love finding our listeners come from all over the world. show your further support by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review. Let us know if you enjoyed the podcast or if the story you heard made you think of a story of your own. Every review is appreciated. Our storytellers are getting prepared for our March 21st show, which has the theme of what's cooking. If you want to have a go cooking up some of your stories, join us in a free weekly workshop held every week here in Hong Kong. Come along with your story, a few ingredients, or just an idea, and our workshop hosts will help you craft your story into the best it can be. You can find further details on our website at hongkongstories.com. Tickets to the March 21st show can also be found via the website, and you can find links to past episodes of the podcast also, surprisingly, on the website. How convenient is that? All that info in one place. HongKongStories.com. Never miss a story again. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Today's story was told in our January 2018 show, which had a theme of abandoned. Mel came to Hong Kong and jumped right into the storytelling scene. In this story, she tells us her strategy for life. Here's Mel. The first time it happened, I didn't know it had. I found myself in the middle of a really big, dusty playground, and I was completely alone. I was four years old, and my parents had just dropped me off at boarding school. This was happening in Zambia, by the way. I didn't really know what was, what was, what was going on, because I was so young, but I did know that I needed a strategy if I was going to survive in this strange, new, dusty place. So, I knew that there was strength in numbers. I had seen like videos of lions picking off the stragglers of the herd. So, standing there in the playground, I came up with my very first survival strategy, make a friend. I looked around me and I saw a blonde girl playing in a ditch nearby. So I went over to her and I said, hi. And just like that, we were best friends. <laughs> it was, turned out to be a really lucky move because all through primary school, I had people lining up to do me favors because I was friends with the pretty blonde girl. Lesson one, make friends with blonde people and you will go far. <laughs> then it happened again. 
This time, my parents dropped me off at secondary school, again a boarding school, again in Zambia, and I was again starting from scratch. I was swimming in a much bigger pond this time, and I knew that a friend wouldn't be enough to survive here. So I came up with my second survival strategy, be popular. Easy. All you need to do is make friends with popular people. And there they were, the bunch of girls in the social room who seemed to be constantly, constantly laughing. And it was the kind of laughter that made me really want to be in on the joke, but at the same time wary that I could be the subject of that joke. So I approached them, and I opened with a line that had worked so well for me in primary school. Hi. <laughs> All that got me was a few raised eyebrows as they looked me up and down and informed me that I am white. Huh, okay. Lesson two, being white is not cool. <laughs> I was far from being defeated though. I had a card to play. <clears throat> I am not white, I am half Indian. But I didn't really have much to back this up with because I had never been to India, I couldn't speak any of the languages, and I couldn't handle spicy food for the life of me. <laughs> so, to avoid being called white again, I basted myself in olive oil, because my Indian blood had given me an advantage, and I rotated in the sun, in the hot African sun, like a roast chicken. I was now five shades darker, but still not popular. Time to play my second card. <clears throat> I was born in Zambia. But to prove it, I had to stop acting so white. I had to find someone who was hardcore gangster and follow them. So I sat down and memorized Eminem's lyrics <laughs> like I was studying for an exam. And this was before the days of the internet. So it was tape recorder on the desk, and then it was play, pause, write, rewind, play, pause, write, rewind for hours and hours and hours. After a few years, I was the coolest, not white, but half Indian girl in school. I wore a bandana and shades. I didn't walk, I bounced. <laughs> I didn't say hello, I said, sup. <laughs> I even got detention for saying shit, like the popular girls. <laughs> but it didn't work. Lesson three. The line between cool and just plain weird is a dangerous one to tread. <laughs> the next time it happened, I was ready for it. I found myself on the lush green lawn of an A-level college in England. I was freezing cold and again completely alone. This time, my survival strategy was simple. Just blend in. So, I kind of kept a very low profile from my first day, didn't make any moves, and I was just sussing out my environment. And by the end of the day, not one person had spoken to me. Lesson four, English people do not like to make the first move. <laughs> That's okay. I can make the first move. I was pretty good at it. I had no problem with it. 
the end of the second day, still no luck. Lesson five, English people do not like it when other people make the first move. <laughs> All that anyone would say to me when I approached them was, where are you from? And it wasn't like an interested, I'd like to get to know you better, where, where are you from? It was kind of a half-confused, half-alarmed, where are you from? <laughs> and I tried to reassure them with my third card. <clears throat> I'm half British. <laughs> but there was nothing British about me. So I sat down in front of the TV, and I studied Big Brother and Little Britain every night. <laughs> I practiced dropping my T's from water, Little Britain. <clears throat> I'm half British, yeah? <laughs> but they didn't buy it, not even when I ended all my sentences with, in it. <laughs> I think by this time, I had had enough. How was I supposed to play the game with only three half cards in my hand? I wasn't British enough or Indian enough or Zambian enough to fit in anywhere, and I had somehow ended up with an American accent. <laughs> this is time for me to take my life into my own hands. This time I would decide where to abandon myself. I will choose a place that I can belong, a place that I can that can accept me really for who I am. People, I'm moving to China. <laughs> Best decision ever. In China, I was the center of attention. My, people seemed to be attracted by my outsider status, not repelled by it like they were in England. I had people coming up to me and asking to be my friend. <laughs> They wowed in delight at my long eyelashes and wowed in horror at my long arm hair. <laughs> I was offered cups of tea, dumplings, jobs, everything. Lesson six, be a foreigner in China and you will go far. <laughs> but even though I was clearly a foreigner, I still couldn't escape this inquisition into the exact into my exact geographical origin. It was like everywhere I went, where are you from, where are you from? So I decided to do a little experiment with my three cards and see how people would react. <coughs> I'm Zambian. I was met with, no, you're not, you're not black. I'm Indian. I was met with kind of a disappointed silence. <laughs> I'm British was met with praise, applause almost. So I stuck with that. <laughs> but it wasn't long before another foreigner came along and her American card trumped my British card. <laughs> Just like that, she was the center of attention, not me. Lesson seven, be an American in China and you will go further. <laughs> One day, I took a train south, and as I crossed the border, something wonderful happened. I suddenly 
found myself surrounded by people who were different. Different from me, but also different from each other. Everyone I met seemed to be just as mixed up and messed up as me. At a hip-hop yoga class, someone walked in late and rolled their mat out next to mine. I looked over and said, hi. And just like that, I had a new friend. It was at that moment in that hip-hop yoga class that I knew I'd finally found where I belong. Hello, Hong Kong. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. We would also like to thank our unsung hero of this story, Jen, who curated and directed our January 2018 show. We appreciate all your work. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends. We publish new stories every Wednesday. May your week be filled with new friends, old acquaintances, and something sparkly. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>